What's going on, people? All right. want to welcome all of you to another edition of the Zone Coverage Quick Shots here on T2Q. My name is Q. This is my podcast. And let's see, on tonight's show, we're going to get into a few topics. Uh, you know, we're going to got to talk about the NCAA football championship and how that turned out. We'll also talk about what happened afterwards with OBJ passing out cash to the LSU players. Um, Has some NFL players retiring at early ages. We'll talk about Luke Keekley and um, other players who have retired before by the age of 30, as well as, as well as some players who are still contemplating if they're, they're going to give it another go or not. So these things and more as the zone coverage quick shots return to T2Q. Hey, what up, Q? What up, Radio World? You play to win. All right, have any questions? I got a question. Got I want to welcome all of you to the Zone Coverage Quick Shots here on T2Q. My name is Q. This is my podcast. And on the Quick Shots, we just break down a few things here and there to talk about as far as what's been going on with um, the sports world in general. You know, we talk a little NFL. We talk a little, you know, boxing sometimes, uh, college football. But uh, tonight, we're going to talk about the NCAA football national championship between LSU and Clemson. We'll talk about how that went down. We'll talk about the incident with OBJ passing out cash to LSU players after the game was over. Uh, We had um, a player under the age of 30, a premier player under the age of 30 in the NFL, retire today. And he joins a group of a lot of players who are retiring by the age of 30. We'll talk about that. As well as players who are still contemplating if they're going to come back and give it one more go again in the upcoming NFL season. So I'm going to welcome back to the phone lines, the homie Buck and my man Ray. What's up, fellas? What's up? All right. And you can go to talktoq.com, sign up for the email newsletter. Have this show delivered to your inbox each and every time it airs. All right. First place I want to start, uh, the National Championship College Football Monday night. First of all, I want to say this had to be one of the longest games I ever watched, man. I mean, this game took like two hours and 15 minutes just to get to halftime because of all the passing. And so this game was very long. Didn't end until well after midnight on the East Coast. Uh, but LSU came out on top, 42-25. to 25. They capped off a perfect season, 15-0. and 0. Um, The game was, was pretty close up until, like, midway through the third quarter, and that's when LSU just really kind of put the, 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 the things in the overdrive and was able to finish this game off. Now... Rushing, both teams were fairly even. Clemson had 162 yards rushing, and LSU had 168. Uh, the difference was passing. Clemson, 234 yards, um, LSU, 463. Clemson had one turnover. Uh, LSU had 11 penalties for 118 yards, but it doesn't seem like they really suffered from it. And I, I guess we'll start with the quarterback play. And Ray, uh, Trevor Lawrence is highly touted. He's a sophomore. Uh, you know, he did, you know, he has a, he already has a championship ring. Joe Burrows transferred from Ohio State, comes in, picks up the baton, and, man, did he do a number on Clemson's defense. Clemson started off kind of tough, Ray, but Joe Burrows was 31-49, 463 yards, five touchdowns, no interception. Uh I mean, as far as the championship performance goes, 
this is one of the best I've seen for a quarterback in college. But, Ray, what did you think of Joe Burrow's performance? Um, we'll start with that. Well, I had a game on the DVD. Besides the highlights, I didn't see it all. Because I knew I wasn't going to be able to see all of it anyway. Because it's going in so late. But um, Joe Burrow, I start out saying this. He's, he's the best quarterback I've seen in college. Uh, in a one-year um, turnaround. And, I mean, he has all the tools to be great. It would really shock me if he comes to the league and he's not great, not just good, great. And, um, you know, Clemson was, was a hell of an opponent. They had, you know, two great seasons, undefeated seasons, back-to-back until they lost on, on Monday. And as good as Trevor Lawrence is, you know, Next year, probably going to be the number one if he stays healthy. Um, it's just Burrow, well, he just, man, he just had such a great year, such a great season. He seems to do everything well. He seems to register information extremely well as well. So, I mean, when you going up against that, it's really nothing that you can do because the guy is just, just great. And, um, yeah, I mean, everybody's saying, oh, they don't want to go to the Bengals and everything else. This is the kind of guy that can completely turn those Bengals around. Yeah. Because they got some wide receivers over there, you know, if, if they can stay healthy and tight end, running back Joe Mixon, they can turn around in a hurry. And I think they're going to throw him right out there and, and let him do his thing. But, yeah, uh, Monday, from, from what I could see as far as the highlights went and stuff like that, yeah, it, it, it was interesting until the third quarter to start pulling away from it, and then you pretty much felt comfortable with who was going to win the game. But I'll sit down and I'll watch it uh, maybe this weekend or something like that where I can see the whole game. I ain't got to rush and worry about getting up early in the morning and stuff like that. So, um, But from what I, I could tell, it was, it, was, um, it was a pretty interesting game. Just long. Yeah, definitely both. And Buck, um, I mean, Trevor Lawrence has, you know, performed admirably before in big games. But in this one, he just seemed a little off, man. He was overthrowing some some guys. And um, he, he just didn't seem like he was, he was on his best game. Uh, what did you think about his performance um, as a young sophomore? Well, I mean, I really and truthfully, I thought he threw the ball too hard. Um, he just um, – I'm not sure why he was throwing the ball hard. I know some of the balls were selling on him a little bit. But I think the fact that they got behind, and it's been a long time since they've been behind, um, I think he was trying to do too much. Um, sometimes you got to put touch on the football. And this is the first time I've seen Trevor Lawrence throw a ball to the point to where he had no touch on it at all. And, I mean, yes, their defense was – LSU's defense was on point. But later in the game, the defense wasn't getting to him. You know, they were, you know, they were, you know, almost getting to him, but they weren't getting there. And he had plenty of time. He was standing in the pocket, but he wouldn't step into the throws. Um, not sure why. I mean, because a lot of those rushes were actually getting around him and he had enough time where he could at least step into the throw. And sometimes you just got to, you know, put some touch on the ball, step into the throw. Don't just stand back there and just and just just hurl the ball. And he, you know, he did some uncharacteristic things in this game that I just hadn't seen Trevor Lawrence do. Um, but I think really the thing that really hurt them the most was when their linebacker got out, uh, got taken out of the game for targeting. And that just kind of took the wind out of the sail because at that point, I think it was like 28-25 or 28-24 or something like that. And they had still had, you know, they, were still, they had a chance to kind of get things back in hand. But um, once he got thrown out of the game for targeting, which I don't think it, should, he should have been thrown out of the game, um, that just kind of took the wind out of the sail for the, for the Clemson Tigers and that, they just couldn't rebound from it. And, yeah, that did hurt them. 
to to lose their linebacker um, in this game. And I mean, technically it was targeting, but was it something that he should have been thrown out of? He should have a reason for him to be thrown out. I don't think so. Uh, I think they need to evaluate that some kind of way. That's just a little too, man. That's just a little bit too zero tolerance for me. But uh, I mean. Now, Travis Etienne, Etienne, 78 yards rushing, 36 yards receiving. Uh, so he, he did fairly well. Trevor Lawrence had 49 yards on the ground. Um, on the LSU side, Edwards Hilaire, 110 yards rushing, 54 yards receiving. And Jamar Chase was amazing. Nine catches, 221 yards, and a couple of touchdowns. And he dropped another, like, 40-something yard pass that hit him right in the hands. Uh, so he could have been well over 250 in this game. And LSU just, when they turned their offense on, they turned it on. And there was nothing that Clemson can do to stop it because the way the game started off, Clemson looked like they were handling LSU, you know. I mean, they were playing tough. Defense was doing its thing. And then LSU just made adjustments. And that goes to coaching, you know. They made adjustments in the second quarter. And it just showed throughout the game. And, you know, Clemson finished the season at 14-1. They really don't have anything to be upset about. I mean, uh, anytime you play an LSU team like this uh, in New Orleans, I mean, that's, that's, that's hard enough also. Um, I mean, because that crowd was loud. That crowd was, was definitely an LSU crowd. And they hung in there as, as best they could. They just couldn't doing a thing in the second half, really. Um, but uh, Orgeron, Ray, uh, Orgeron is a likable guy by a lot of people in the South. Uh, can you see Orgeron turning LSU into a new Alabama? Because this is a guy that um, he was already known for his recruiting. Even when he was in, in Southern California, they said he did a good job recruiting, even though I'm pretty sure half those folks didn't even understand what he was saying. But uh, Orgeron is now the, the you know, the H-E-N-I-C, so to speak, as far as college football goes, because he's the current champion. Can he turn that school into an Alabama to where every year they're just getting recruits left and right? Oh, yeah, absolutely. He's doing it. You know, I think he has the right attitude as the coach and he's the player's coach. And, you know, he, he's a guy that, that everybody just, just gravitates to. And I think he's going to – um, it's, it's going to be three or four guys that they're talking about. You know, Nick Saban, Dabo, Sweeney, and him. And I think it's going to be like that for a while. I mean, Ohio State, they, they're going to make some noise, but – you know, Penn State, they'll probably make some noise, but they just one of them teams is always going to be good. But, you know, without making it to the top, top level. But, yeah, I think it's going to be out of them three for the next several years. I think Alabama's going to fall off a little bit because I think everybody knows that if you pop them in the mouth, you can get them. And I think the cupcake schedule was starting to catch up with them too a little bit because they want to show up and play with the big teams. But you play two, maybe three big teams all year, and everybody else is just straight cupcakes. And you know, people are starting to to really look at that. But yeah, LSU, I think they're gonna be a program that because they get a lot, they they get a lot of good talent out of all uh, Louisiana in particular, but. They get a lot of good talent, and I think he's the coach that really took them there. I believe Les Miles was there. I don't think they would be there. I know Les Miles, uh, I believe, uh, won his national championship and everything else, but this guy here is a better coach. And I like when he got the job because he's the underdog. And he came in and got the job, and, man, he took over, and the kids just played for him. And, you know, he got that chip, so they got to respect it now. Got to. And, um, I mean, like I said, this guy, he was already great at recruiting. That ring is going to make it that much more easier. Louisiana only has one major school in LSU, so they can get all the talent they want from their own state. 
as well as um, you know, Lane Kiffin and um uh what's his face? Uh the pirate lover, the guy from Mississippi State, Mike Leach. Yeah, they they need to be concerned because, you know, he can come into Mississippi and get some of their players, especially them guys on the coast that's close to the Louisiana area, as well as he can dip off in Texas and get some of their yep. players. I mean, so this guy um you know, can definitely just like Nick Saban, just show up in somebody's living room and leave out with some five-star recruits. So this is big for LSU. So, all right, so after the game, I'm guessing you all have seen the highlights by now. Odell Beckham, who is an LSU alum, after the game was seen giving players – um, now, I'm guessing all of these players are guys who are either seniors or not coming back. Um, I didn't see everyone he gave money to, but he started giving players cash money um, after the game, right in front of the cameras, you know, during some of the interviews and stuff. So it's captured all over, giving them wise of cash after the game and to celebrate or reward them, so to speak, for winning the championship. Now, even though... It may not be a violation because these guys are going pro or something. It is a bad look. And now the NCAA is having to investigate this whole situation. So, Buck, I'll start with you on this, man. Um, how do you feel about this? Is it much ado about nothing if everyone he gave it to is not returning to LSU? Um or, I mean, how, how how do you look at this whole thing? Man, that's Odell being Odell, man. I mean, he, you know, he's one of these guys that he's going to make a statement. You know, he's one of these diva receivers. And, I mean, he had wads of money he was just giving out. Uh, it, you know, it looked like he was giving out about $1,000 to these guys. And, uh, I mean, he's just doing what he thinks is, you know, that's just him being – I don't think NCAA needs to say anything about it. If anything, if they're going to say something, they need to talk to Odell about it because he shouldn't be going around handing out cash to these guys, you know, right after a game. Maybe do that stuff, you know, in the locker room or something, you know, where – you know, but it's hard in today's time to do anything without the spotlight being put, put on you. Um, you know, too many camera phones – too many cameras and too many eyes in the sky. So, you know, maybe do that at a, you know, enclosed party, you know, after party or something like that, hand some folks some money or do something like that. But just don't do it out in the open like that where the camera's rolling. You know, you know you in the spotlight, you know, and you you coming off of a year where you got to get your groin fixed and all this kind of stuff, and you handing out money out here on the football field, it's just not a good look especially after the season you had. Now, if he was, you know, the Browns would have won the division or something like that and you handed out that cash, maybe it wouldn't be such a big deal. But as a result, you know, it's just a bad look all the way. And uh, just, you know, guys, you, you got to know that you're always going to be on the spotlight. Even though I don't think, he, you know, he didn't do anything wrong, but in the NCAA's eyes, it was. So, you know. You got to be a little bit more tactful with your with your with your dollars and what you do with them. All right, Ray, how do you feel about it, man? Was uh, you know, was all this a mistake? Because now you got the NCAA investigating something that you know you don't want them to find anything else. You know, investigating this, or do you think it was dumb? How do you feel? Well, well, to me, it's too many guys out here believe they can do whatever it is they want to do, and they want to be rebels. And you want to be a rebel when you basically coming in and saying, I got 100000 150000 or whatever he had. I didn't even see it. The highlights on it or nothing. And you want to give out cash when you know damn well it's a violation, and you saying, fuck what these folks thinking. Our person prosecute him to the fullest extent of the law, including jail time and multiple fines. <laughs> wow. Now, you Jerry Jones or somebody, you do that, and they take $10 million out of his pocket, 
oh, you know, it's funny, it's a joke, but he's rich enough that he can laugh at $10 million. I find Beckham so hard, he, he wouldn't do that shit no more. Because too many guys out here, what what could you possibly think? To me, that was dumber than what Antonio Brown just did. Mm-mm, that's dumb right there. The thing, the, 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 the thing about it is, you going to learn how to act around here or we going to bust your ass straight like that. And too many guys, because now these young kids don't know no better, thinking, oh, it's okay for me to do anything I want to do out here because I'm an individual and I'm going to be me and I'm going to be me. You can't be you because to a certain extent, these people own your ass. You understand? Just like whatever time we got to be at work, you got to be there. Like it or not, whether we say, oh, you know, I can if I want to. Huh? Okay, you don't want to too many days if you want to. You got to do what people say do. There are too many guys out here that just feel like, well, how could you go through the college system and think it's okay that when you win a championship, we know it's cameras. You looking at them. You done been in college. You done been through it. And you know as big as this game is next to the Super Bowl, this is the biggest football game it is. Now you come in and, and you handing out money which is a clear about ain't your little brother or somebody. You handing out money. But if you do that on the camera, what you been doing when you come up to LSU? Right. So, okay, it, 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 it's, it's just beyond stupid. Listen, Peyton Manning will never go to Tennessee and do nothing like that. Ever. I don't... Uh, Brady in Michigan ever. He can be retired 10 years. He's not going to do that. But you come in and doing it because you don't care people think because you got some money. Boy, I bust him in his ass so bad he <laughs> have to start driving Uber, Uber, Uber. He had to get Good gracious. <laughs> yeah. I bust him in his ass so bad now he can pay lawyers and do all that all he wants to. He had to keep playing football just so he can pay his bills. <laughs> yeah, I mean, if that's what he did, it was disgraceful. I'm not against you giving kids money, giving them money in a shoebox or something nobody don't know about it. But do it blatantly on TV and disrespect the whole system. is it, 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 just low down and, and stupid. So that's how I feel about it. All right. Well, um, I thought it was very dumb. I, I don't think you just—I don't think you bring that type of attention to a school, especially a school that just won a national championship. Don't do them anything that could possibly get them in any type of trouble and ruin the momentum that they have. You know, I—I I just think that's just ridiculous, and I would ban him from the sidelines. Uh, you know, that'll be the last game he'd attend. As far as I'm concerned, on the sidelines, he wants to watch LSU going forward. He can watch in the stands. Um, but I wouldn't fool with OBJ anymore after that. I, I thought that was absolutely ridiculous to put that team in that type of situation. So, all right. So we'll move on to the NFL. We'll talk about, uh, first of all, uh, we'll talk about young players retiring. And Luke Keekley retired. Today, and I'll be honest with you, when they said that Luke Keekley was 28 years old, they kind of blew me away. It seemed like that dude been around forever. And maybe because I'm, I'm so used to him playing with Thomas Davis so long, I'm thinking they came in together or something. And Thomas Davis is older, I believe, a little bit, a little bit older. But um, I would have sworn Luke Keekley was about 31, 32 years old. But he's just 28. And after eight seasons, he's calling it quits. He's had some concussions, at least three rep- reported concussions. He's had some ankle injuries and he just wants to walk away while he's still um healthy. And you know, we saw Patrick Willis what quit at thirty. We saw uh the guy that replaced Patrick Willis, I think Borderland, I can't remember his name, Patrick Borderland or something. He was a rookie. He retired at twenty four because he was concerned about his health. Uh Grunt retired at twenty nine. Megatron retired at thirty. And, I, I mean, 
we're seeing a trend now of these guys getting out of the game of football a lot earlier than what we're used to. So uh, how do you feel about that? And I'll start with you on this, Buck. And, you know, young players calling it quits at an early age. Well, you know, the the thing about Luke Kuechly, he he's probably one of the most cerebral players to ever play the game, especially at the linebacker position. Um, man, I love watching this guy play. I mean, because a lot of times he's calling out your play at the line of scrimmage. Um, that just goes to show you what kind of film study that he did on a week-to-week basis getting prepared for you um, when you step into the stadium. Another thing that Luke Keekley did a couple years ago, um, since he was getting ravaged by concussions, um, he actually studied the equipment and started, he wore a particular neck brace that, w- that was uh, supposedly helping him, you know, keep him from getting concussions. Um, he, he put the same amount of effort that he did into studying film, into studying ways to keep from getting the injuries that he was sustaining. But the last concussion that I remember, you know, watching him play, he got, you know, and he went off the field crying um, on the cart. The thing was is that after that concussion, he did not this. He just didn't seem right anymore. Um, And you can basically look in his eyes and tell, even when he was doing his – you know, what he did on Twitter, and I've watched it up again this morning when I was watching the morning football getting ready for work. Um, he's just not the same guy anymore. Um, the eye movement is the first telltale sign that something's wrong. His eye movement is not quick anymore. It's slow. It's almost like it's hard from, you know, like a blind person's almost. And it comes a point in time when you start sustaining injuries, whether it be concussions, whether it be ACL tears, MCL tears, um, foot in you know foot problems, finger problems, you know those kind of things, and the injuries just keep mounting. It just becomes a time. It just comes a point in time that enough's enough. And this year, I mean, Carolina Panthers started out pretty decent, but then they just went went downhill for the second consecutive year. Um, he did well as far as, you know, getting tackles. And, you know, he played Luke Peakley type of football. But it just, it's just not enough. That last game, he was very, very slow. He wasn't himself. And when you notice those things when you're playing football and you can't play it at a high level that w- what you're accustomed to playing, you got to make a change. And as a result, you know, you know I-, I thought last year he needed to retire. But – you know, he came back for another season, had a very strong season. But as a result, you know, you know, sometimes father time catches up. And, you know, he's, he's doing the right thing, you know, trying to protect his future. Because one more bad hit, it could be, par- you know, it could be paralyzed city. It could be, you know, brain damage. It could be sight loss. It could be a variety of things with as many concussions as he's had. So to stop the bleeding, so to speak, now it is a good time. At least he can lead you out on top. He's definitely a Hall of Famer, if you ask me. You know, and uh, you know, even though I'm a still fan, I'm a, I'm a, I'm a, I love the game. I watch all football games as many as I can watch. You know, there's 256 of them. If I can watch all of them, I can watch. I'll watch every single one of them. But to see a player like this, <clears throat> one that you enjoy playing from another team. To see him retire, I think, is actually the best thing for him. Ray, how do you feel about the um, retirement at such an early age? Oh, you know, I think it's guys' prerogative to do what they want to do. I mean, I think a lot of them have been scared into doing certain things. And, I mean, he knows his body. If he felt like he had too many concussions, then – Maybe it may be a good idea for him to get out, but I mean, as long as you're playing well, I think you should stick with it. But you know, if your heart's not in it, then you need to get out of it. And you know, like I say, I mean, a lot of people may disagree, but I have yet to see a guy that's got some money and says he got CTE and anything of the sort. 
Now you had Brady and Brent Favre and Manning and all them guys played a long time. Them guys got money. You ain't gonna never hear them say that. I got vision loss or memory loss and this, that, and the third. It's just that, you know, it's been made into a spectacle right now. I mean, people are going to disagree with that, but, you know, until I see a guy that has some money say that, I think it's a lot more made out of it than what it is. And, you know, some guys think it'd be better for them to get out and do something else Hey, Kinkley, he probably made fifty million dollars in his career, so you know he got his pension set up, so he he's 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 good. And I mean, um, he's had a great short career, but like I say, you let them guys in back in the day to play seven eight years, you got to let him in too, you know. And we'll, we'll see. You know, I was just looking at his stats, and I was looking at Patrick Willis, and they very similar. I mean, you know, they're very similar to each other. So, you know, if Pat Willis get in this year or or soon, more than likely he'll get in on on his first ballot too. So, you know, I I hate to see him leave because he's a heck of a player. I love watching him play because he has that intensity. But I I think he kind of wasn't quite the same player, but when you're not quite the same player, you're great. You're still better than most. And, you know, I guess he'd say, what's he used to getting my head knocked around out here, and we ain't going to win nothing anyway. So I guess he said it's time for him to go, and I have to respect that. But, you know, I can't tell him man, he's a deep player if he, you know, feels like he shouldn't. So. Yeah, I wonder how much um, if Ron Rivera was still there, I I don't think he would have retired this year, to be honest with you. I'm not saying that he would have played much longer, but I think a new coach, and he's like, man, we starting over, we don't know who our quarterback's going to be. Uh, I'm going to go ahead and holler at y'all. I'm going to head out, you know, <laughs> like the SpongeBob, man. But, um, I mean – I think he's a Hall of Famer. I mean, he's defensive rookie of the year, and then he followed that up with defensive player of the year. And um, may I think he's been all pro quite a few times. And I think he, he and Patrick Willis are definitely yeah, Hall of Fame. Times. Yeah, are definitely Hall of Fame worthy. Oh, yeah. uh, I mean, that's just, you know, how what I feel about it personally. But, uh, yeah, these young guys are calling to quits. They're taking their money and they're trying to do something. And not end up, um, you know, on a walking stick like Earl. I mean, Earl Campbell was on um, on stage at halftime, one of the top ten college players of all time, and he couldn't even stand up on stage. Man, he was sitting on a stool, you know. And you know, Jim Brown getting around on a walker now. And I, I guess you know, I've always heard stories about Jerome Bettis can't even go upstairs. And, man, these guys get these head injuries, you know, that's serious. And so uh, I don't blame them. You got $50 million, and I'm pretty sure somebody's going to hire him, um, NFL Network, or somebody's going to give him a little money to, to oh, be an yeah. analyst or something like that. Oh, so, yeah. so he got that on lock, man. You ain't got to be good. You just got to be good on the field. Yeah, you just uh, – but you don't want to get to the point to where you can't remember nothing. <laughs> before you try to go on the TV and you forgetting everything because you blacking out half the time. So uh, I, I don't blame these guys for doing what they feel is right, man. even though we feel like they got a lot of years left in them and a lot of money to be made. Hey, sometimes that money ain't worth it if you drooling all over the place can't even spend it. So other players who we may be looking to uh, looking to see retire, uh, you know, where well, I'm curious of what Frank Gore is going to do. Frank Gore is third on the all-time rushing list. Uh, I mean, Devin Singletary is definitely the man in Buffalo. I, I don't know if, if if Frank is looking to do this. His son is going to be, Frank Gore's son is going to be a freshman at uh, Southern Mississippi this year, this upcoming year. So, uh, you know, maybe he wants to hang it up and watch his son play. Greg Olson is 34 years old, another 
Carolina Panther. Um, the way he was kind of waving at the crowd and getting emotional in their last game makes me think that he may not be coming back. Uh, what's Jason Witten going to do? Jason Witten was 37 years old. He came back. The Cowboys came up short. Does he want to give it a try with um, um, with Mike McCarthy? Or does he want to – well, he definitely ain't made for the booth. But uh, <laughs> does he want to try to do something else with his career? And you also got to wonder about Sean Lee. Sean Lee is set to be a free agent, and it's a wonder if he's going to try to continue to play somewhere or not. Uh, let's see. I think Fitzmagic is going to keep playing. That's how I feel about Fitzmagic. So I won't even discuss him. I think he'll play until they throw him out the league. Uh, ben Watson, tight end with the Patriots, 39 years old. Um, I'm pretty sure he may be done. And does anybody think Tom Brady going to retire? I mean, I don't think he will, but anybody think that? I'm, I, I don't know. I think he will. I think he is. I think he will, um, simply because he's already starting to, you know, he's clearing out his house. Um, they're being real, real quiet in New England. I think they're trying to give him a chance to see if he really wants to come back. Um, the offensive line, the receivers, are, you know, they got to, build, they got to rebuild. Um, I, I, I just think that they're going to, they're going to you know, they're going to move ahead and just get somebody else. I, I just – I don't, I, I don't I think, think the Patriots want him back. I don't either. I don't care what yeah. they say. You know, they yeah. come in, oh, we, well, we want to give you $12 million. I know he ain't going to play for $12 million, you know, on on a heck of a discount. And yeah. once he ain't willing to do that, he made $23 million last year. So once he ain't willing to do that, then they say, well, we couldn't work out the contract. That's why Brady talking about all oh, he want big dollars and all that shit now. He don't need the money. So what is he doing that for now? Because he know he's trying to get get a way out because he know that they not gonna sign anyway. They can say they might we love to have time, but you really think Belichick wants Tom Brady back? He may end up with the with the Chargers. I can see that because he's from California. But, you know, yeah. it's that Montana shit all over again. Once you get him out of that atmosphere, he get his ass thumped on, and then he go out on the stretcher somewhere, and then everybody says, oh, well, he's old, he's this, he's that. You never know what he was because of what he accomplished. But yeah. he ain't, he ain't going to do too much. Sit his ass down somewhere. You know, he yeah, had a great career, time. obviously. It's his time. He sits down time. before he get hurt. Yep. Yeah. Yeah, I, I agree with you guys. And uh, so, let's see, Drew Brees may have to consider if he's going to play or not. What do you all think about him? I think I he's mean, good he, for another year. I think he will come back another year. But if I was uh, New Orleans, I would make a move to try to move down and get to it. I don't care if I had to give up. The first round, second round, third round, fourth round, and fifth round, just to move all the way down there to number five to try to get that quarterback. Now, who knows if they would be able to do it, but I would I would try. Because he drew Breeze, although I like Breeze, he gets a pass, too, for choking a lot in the playoffs. He got that chip. But how many games New Orleans was in where they should have clearly won the game I know mm-hmm. either loss or, you know, they're blaming on defensive player. But, shit, if you won the greatest quarterback ever, it should have been that close anyway. So, you know, I think they, they, they should look to move on. Sure, could he come back and play one more year and let the young kid learn under him? Yep. But after next year, you got to get his ass up out of there, Jack. You didn't accomplish everything you need to accomplish. And it's time to move forward with something else. And another thing, and I don't even know how this happened, all three of the Saints quarterbacks are free agents. Uh, Drew Brees and Bridgewater are unrestricted free agents, and Taysom Hill is a restricted free agent. So they got to figure out two of those people. I don't think Taysom Hill may not go anywhere, but they got to figure that out. Uh, What about Eli Manning? Y'all think he's going to call it quits? Yeah, I think he's going to call it quits. 
He should call it yeah. quits. He, he's done. Yeah. He should call yeah. it quits. He's done. Okay. All the way done. Yeah, you all will be done. All right. Uh, let's see. Jordan, tight ends with the Redskins. Jordan Reed and Vernon Davis. Uh, both of them are in there. Uh, I mean, Vernon Davis is 36. Jordan Reed is just 29, but he's had a lot of injuries. Uh, so those mm-hmm. could be a couple of guys who could retire as well. So, one guy who's not retiring. I don't think he would be the same if Jordan Reed did come back. Huh? He's Larry Fitz. Yeah, I'm going to say, Larry it's Fitz. Larry. Larry ain't. Larry is coming back, 36 years old, and he said, quote, Arizona is where I started and where I will finish. 2020, let's get to work. So, Larry had 75 catches, 804 yards, and four touchdowns last year. And um, he's the franchise leader in, I mean, basically everything regarding passing yards. Um, His 1,378 career receptions are the most by any player in history with one team. Uh, He is, let's see, he would have to play two more seasons to have a chance at catching Jerry Rice receptions. Jerry Rice has 1,549 receptions. So he's like 170-something away from that. Um, And he's like 5,000 yards behind Jerry Rice. And he's probably about 80 touchdowns behind Jerry Rice. He ain't going to catch any of that. But that just shows how great Jerry is. He's not going to catch. Yeah, that just shows how great Jerry is. But, um, yeah, Larry wants to play. I said let him play, man. I kind of wish that he would He would go ahead and um, I just hate to see him on a bad team. But if the guy's, you know, enjoying playing fo- playing football, then, you know, I'm all for it. But he, he so can be still it. Play. He can still play better than, than a lot of guys. So I, I say let him play. So, all right. Um, just a little boxing note. They say they're, they're trying to put something together between Danny Garcia and Manny Pacquiao. Now, Danny Garcia wants to fight Errol Spence, but I don't know when Errol Spence is going to fight uh, or when that happens. Now, Garcia has to fight somebody, um, a Ukrainian, in a couple of weeks on the 25th, and um, he wins that fight, and he'll be in line to fight Errol Spence, who was 26-0, and 21 knockouts. But um, he's also been mentioned as an opponent for Manny Pacquiao. So I'd rather see him fight Errol Spence, but if he fights M- Manny Pacquiao, I mean, I'd watch it. You know, I'd watch it. So we'll see what happens with that. And let me see if there are any other good fights. Um, this weekend, uh, Conor McGregor fights again, so he'll be fighting on Saturday against, um, the guy they call Cowboy, I don't remember his name, but, uh, I wouldn't be surprised Conor McGregor got knocked out again, but he just likes to fight. He's trying to make some money. He wants to fight Mayweather again, but I ain't watching. Uh, so, let's see. Anyone else? That... Jose Carlos Ramirez and Victor Postal. Fight on February 2nd. Kill Brook returns on February the 8th against Mark DeLuca. But I really don't see any other big names coming up in the next couple of weeks. But, you know, of course, we're waiting on Wilder and Fury. Uh, did you all see the press conference? Wilder and Fury? Hello? Yeah, what about Y'all see the press conference? Yeah. And uh, so, you know. Nah, I, 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 I heard about it, but I didn't see it. It was an interesting press conference and everything. But uh, Fury says that he's going to knock Wilder out in the second round. He says that um, it's way too difficult to get a decision in the United States. And he says so the only way to make sure it doesn't leave any doubt is to knock him out. So he says second round knockout of Wilder. Of course, Wilder laughed at that. Um, 
but we'll see. We'll probably talk about that fight in the upcoming weeks. I might have to reach out to the young brothers, see what they got going on, see if they want to talk about it. But, all right, before we get, in, get into the Who Am I's, uh, Ray, you got anything before I get into that? Uh, no, I mean, um, boxing seems to be moving along pretty good. I think Charlo scared of Boo and Dre. got seven to nine million dollars on the table. He ain't taking the fight. Oh, man. He made no more than over a million five in any fight. If you ain't made more than a million five, seven million dollars is not I fight Godzilla for seven million dollars. Yeah. So, all right, Buck, what you got? Well, just just excited about these games for the weekend. Um, NASCAR starting to heat up a little bit. We're starting to do a little bit of testing, tire testing, looking at new rules packages. Um, they're going to actually cut down some of the uh, some of the laps in some of the races this year. Um, Phoenix was one of them. Uh, Loudoun, New Hampshire. There's about four tracks where they're going to cut the laps down. And now Loudoun already already has only 350. I mean 300. So they cut that down from 300. That was kind of a surprise. Um, and they're also going to cut down some of the laps on the road courses. So that's going to be interesting to see. And they're going to change the rules package, less downforce, to give more response to the drivers on those tracks as well. So that's going to be interesting to see. But they are testing the uh, testing the cars. Chevrolet went to a new Camaro. Not really much different than the one they had last year, except the point on the nose is different. Last year they couldn't bump draft very well because they had that point. And it makes, you know, with a point on the car, you can't stay nose to tail together. So with the ZL11LE that they're switching to, it's flatter. So that will help them bump draft on the super speedways a little bit better or any other track they need to bump draft on. So a few changes being introduced uh, slowly, but things are going to start ramping up with the 24 hours of Daytona towards the end of, end of January, kicking off speed week. So looking forward to that. But I'm also looking forward to these games this weekend. All right. All right, so let's get into this Who Am I? And um, y'all ready for the first one? Yep. All right. I am a six foot tall, two hundred and nine pound quarterback. Uh, Forty one years old, drafted in the second round in two thousand one by the San Diego Chargers out of Purdue. Who am I? Drew Brees. Drew Brees. Drew Christopher Brees. All right. I am a 5'11", 214-pound wide receiver drafted in the second round by the San Francisco 49ers in last year's draft, 2019, out of South Carolina, 24 years old. Who am I? Debo Samuel. Debo Samuel. I am a 6'2", 214-pound free safety, 28 years old, drafted in the first round in 2013 by the New Orleans Saints out of Texas. Who am I in years? Oh, man. Oh, boy. I forget his name. He got traded <laughs> over there. Yeah. Uh, what did this dude name? He had a light skin. Okay. I can't even. I can't even think of his name. I'm laughing. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, you know what I'm talking about. I'm trying to think of who else he played with. Ninety yeah, seconds. He was, but um, he also played with the Tennessee Titans. Guy, yeah, yeah. Well, I'm trying to think of what this guy's name is, man. Oh, shucky ducky. <laughs> quack quack. Yeah, I can, I can <laughs> see him, but I, I can't call his name. And uh, oh. his first name is Kenny. 60 seconds. Kenny, um, 
No, he uh the last name is like where they hope to be Kenny uh the carry or something like that. Kenny Vicaro. Kenny Vicaro. Yeah. All right. I got the last two are gonna blow the dust off of them. I am a six foot two, two hundred and twelve pound quarterback, seventy years old, drafted in the third round in nineteen seventy one by the Cincinnati Bengals out of Augustana College in Illinois. Who am I? Cincinnati Bengals. Ten seconds. Ferguson. Who? Joe Ferguson. Nah. I remember him playing with Buffalo. He played with Cincinnati, too? I think so. I'm trying to think of who was. He took him to the Super Bowl. Quarterback. And what was that, 1982? Yeah. Against the 49ers? Really good quarterback. Yeah. Yeah. Um, Made all pro one time. He was a league MVP. Offensive player of the year, 1981. Mm. War number fourteen. Yeah. Yeah, I could I can see him. Um the the little face mask and everything. Um shit was that guy's name. Joe Ferguson, I'm thinking of that might have been the Rams. Joe Ferguson was uh, was a Buffalo Bill most of his career. Yeah. Okay. Let me see. Buck, you don't have a guess? This is in your division. That's it, Vince Ferragamo. Nah, he was a Ram. Yeah, that's it. No, yeah, he was a Ram. Um, but somebody like that. Um, <laughs> damn, what's that guy's name? <sighs> All right, I'm at the countdown. I don't, have a, oh. I don't think I... Okay. Do I have a... A buzzer? No, I ain't got no buzzer anymore. Mm-hmm. That works. <laughs> right. It was oh. Kent Ken Anderson. Yeah, yeah Ken Anderson. Yeah. Very good quarterback. Very good quarterback. Last yeah, one. I am a five foot nine, one hundred and eighty-five pound defensive back, fifty-nine years old. Drafted in the first round in 1983 out of Texas A&M Kingsville by the Washington Redskins. Who am I? Daryl Green. Daryl Green. Daryl Ray Green, the ageless wonder. Knew I was going to get this one. <laughs> I couldn't get housed on the whole thing, man. <laughs> All right. So that's going to do it, fellas. We'll wrap this thing up. And we will reconvene. Oh, I wanted to. There was one thing else that we forgot to mention: the Centennial Class. What do you yeah. think about it? Uh actually, I don't know. I didn't know most of those guys. Donnie Shell, I definitely thought should have been in. Um, yeah, it was somebody else that I thought. Uh, Cliff Harris, I thought Cliff Harris was uh, deserving. Yeah. But uh, all those other guys, man, I can't really say. I, glad, I, I may have heard a name or two, but I'm those other the, players from the 20s and 40s. I'm glad the know. Eagles. Oh, Harold Carmichael. Yeah, I love I'm Harold glad they, they put. Yeah, glad he got in. And I, I, glad, I got to see him this morning as I was getting ready um, and him talking about the players that helped him get good, like Mel Blunt and some of the others that he played with over in Southern. I just really thought that that was just really, really special. He should have been in a long yeah, time I ago. I thought he was in, to um, be honest with you. I'm glad to see him get in. I thought he I'm was. glad to see he finally got in. I thought he was in, to be honest with you. Um, I mean, Harold Carmichael, I mean, this is before receivers were really just, you know, putting up stupid numbers and everything. But, I mean, this is a guy he – had about three or four thousand yard, you know, yeah. receiver, receiving yards in the season. Led the league one year in the early seventies. Uh, 
And I I remember just, you know, just from being a Cowboy fan, just having to deal with him, man. He was he was just a problem because he was just yeah. six. I now, mean, dude was like I six, also eight. He was tall. You mean like six, seven, six, eight? Yep. And um, that's back when the SWAT was dominating yep. in the NFL, man. The SWAT was putting everybody out in the NFL. Now the SWAT can't even get tryouts. Yep. But uh, <laughs> I can tell you this: I'm I'm glad I'm glad to see the first black uh, player um, get inducted. I thought that was really good. He should have been, already been in as well. He was a good. I think he was a receiver. He was a good receiver for his time back in the late twenties, early thirties. I think he played with the Bears, I believe. I'm not sure. Probably saw um, like three teams back glad to see in. him anyway. finally get in. But uh, yeah, they had a they had a black player way back then. I can't remember what yep. year it was. First it black was, player. It was, yep. it was sometime like in the 40s or something. I don't know. But, uh, I mean, just by no, him being a, the like, first black like, player, I mean, I guess he should get some type of contributor award if nothing else. But uh, I don't like how they yeah. – now, I like the idea of adding the extra people to the to the Hall of Fame because I feel like you need to do this every year and get about 15 people in. Um up to 15 people, however you want to do it. I don't like how they did Cower and Jimmy Johnson, even though it was great for TV. I mean, that was kind of cool, but I, I mean, I don't know. I just kind of want to see them do the people all together. Uh, sucks for Drew Pearson, who said he watched the whole two-hour show on the NFL Network to realize he wasn't going to get put in again. And um, Drew Pearson is... Man, I don't think he's he's ever – Drew Pearson got it rough because Drew Pearson – now, I remember Drew Pearson. I, I mean, I have memories of Cowboys games as early as, I guess, four or maybe five years old. I don't know. But um, Drew Pearson yeah, was – Yeah, him and Tony Hill. He was solid. But, yeah, Tony Hill was that dude when he came along. But, yeah, he was. But Drew Pearson, man, his only problem is that he wasn't dynamic. All right, this is a guy that had better statistics for the most part than Leon Swan, but Leon Swan was remembered for those big catches and big games, you know, spectacular highlight oh, catches, catch. you know, that amazing vertical leap that he had with no regard to how he was going to come down, you know, because a lot of times he came down on his head, but he still held on to that ball. And, you know, he had more numbers than Lynn, but he just – the only thing people outside of Dallas really remember is the Hail Mary play, you know, and against the Vikings in the playoffs in, like, 1975 or whatever. And you really don't have any other memories of Drew Pearson. You know, I do as a Cowboys fan, but people don't nationally. And I think that's what really makes you a Hall of Famer when you're known, you know – to all all football fans know who Jerry Rice is. All football fans know who, you know, who Lynn Swan was and John Stallworth. But I, I think Drew Pearson, they remember the Hail Mary and that's it. And then when Tony Hill came along in like in nineteen seventy seven, Tony Hill was the dude. I mean, you know, he, he had came out a couple back to back thousand yard seasons and his numbers were you know, just as good, if not better, in some aspects than Drew Pearson's. And I think that kind of hurt him as well. So, uh, I mean, it, it sucks for him. I mean, personally, I feel like he should have made it in. I mean, the guy was on the all-decade team. How can you be first-team all-decade and not be in the Hall of Fame? Um, so I don't understand that. But um, at this point, I just don't think he's going to make it. I think it was a shame that Harvey Martin didn't make it. Harvey Martin was one of the best defensive linemen of his era, but uh, for some reason he can't get recognition to get in. And, you know, it took 30-something years for Cliff Harris to get in. And Cliff Harris was, you know, two-time Super Bowl winner. He was all pro. He, he did everything for the Cowboys, you know. So, I don't know. We'll see who, who makes it in on the in the modern era. But uh, I don't know. I don't even get excited about the Hall of Fame anymore like I used to, man. I mean, I think this year they've they've done a good job of trying to get some people in. And I know guys like Troy Palomalu, you know, des deserves to, to walk in easily and stuff like that. But 
man, the Hall of Fame to me, it's, it's just so subjective, you know? So. But anywho, all right, fellas, we'll wrap this thing up. We'll reconvene. I'm going to try to say we're going to do it Monday, um, right after the conference championships. So Monday evening, we'll try to record 8.30 Eastern. Uh, talk about what happened in the conference championships. And then, um, you know, the week before the Super Bowl, we'll preview the Super Bowl, talk about our predictions, and maybe get into some offseason stuff because this free agency is going to be really, really crazy this year. If you're talking about, let's say that Tom Brady, you know, walks from New England. Let's say Drew Brees wants to test, you know, the market out. And which, I mean, they could always franchise him, but let's just say he wanted to test the market out in the NFL. I mean, it could be a lot of interesting things going on this year in free agency, so we might discuss some of that as well. So, all right, I appreciate you guys joining the show. Go to TalkToQ.com, listen to the um, show there, sign up for the email newsletter, have the podcast delivered to your inbox each and every time we drop Everyone have a good day. Peace out.